You're listening to the Super Talk podcast, produced by the Australian Institute of Superannuation Trustees, shaping profit to member super. Hello and welcome to Super Talk. My name is Mel Burks and I'm the General Manager of Advocacy at AIST. Today we'll be discussing the AIA Cancer Age Coach Program. And joining me is Simony Fox, Head of Shared Value Partnerships at AIA Australia, and Dr. Johnny Lowe, the Strategy Lead at Cancer Aid. Simony, tell me, being diagnosed with cancer would be an overwhelming and distressing time for anyone. What problem are you trying to solve by partnering with Cancer Aid? Well, AIA's dream is to help Australians to live healthier, longer, better lives. And through Vitality, we educate our customers to manage lifestyle factors which can prevent cancer. And we reward customers and nudge them to undertake their cancer screening, which will ensure early detection of cancers. When our customers are diagnosed with cancer, though, we want to provide them with um, the support to survive their illness, or if they have a condition which isn't curable, then we want to provide them with the support to live well with their cancer. And Cancer Aid actually helps us to achieve both of those goals. Australia has one of the highest survival rates for cancer in the world, and we're incredibly fortunate to have great screening services and a strong healthcare system. 69% of Australians who are diagnosed with cancer will survive. And this rate continues to increase as we make progress with new and improved treatments. Despite that statistic being so strong, we have a terrible statistic around Australians not thriving after they recover from cancer. So 40% of Australians who survive a cancer diagnosis are of working age. And unfortunately, 40% of those people would never return to work despite being cured of their cancer. And for me, this is a really heartbreaking statistic as we want Australians to not just survive their cancer diagnosis, but to really thrive after they recover from cancer. We know that work is a huge part of our lives and the health benefits of good work are well known. And our work forms part of our identity. It adds meaning and social connection to our lives. So that when you take all this into consideration, we know that being cancer, being diagnosed with cancer is completely overwhelming experience. The health system is fantastic at treating the disease. However, the health system is stretched and our healthcare workers are so busy focusing on helping their patient to survive and rightly so, but we see that there's an opportunity for us to provide early education to our income protection customers with cancer so that they have the knowledge and the tools to either survive and thrive after their cancer or to live well with their cancer. And the Cancer Aid Coach Program does exactly this and it helps us to identify or to address, I guess, the key barriers to returning to work after a cancer diagnosis. You mentioned, Simone, that screening is really important. I'm just interested, have you observed that COVID-19 has had an impact on screening levels and, and, and how we address that if it has? Yeah, it's well known that screening levels have in fact um, reduced and we're working at a strategy at the moment to actually make sure that our customers are still engaging with their screening because it's really, really important. If we detect cancer early, we get far better health outcomes. For somebody who has been diagnosed with cancer, what are the lesser known side effects of cancer and treatment? Yeah, okay. So we 
we all kind of know those symptoms about, you know, nausea, vomiting, hair loss, but there are symptoms which you may not be aware of that um, become quite problematic. So these symptoms would manifest themselves during treatment and they can continue on long after treatment ceases. So some of these might be fear of recurrence, anxiety and depression, cancer-related fatigues, chemo fog, um, peripheral neuropathy, which is essentially a broad term referring to pain and discomfort as a result of nerve damage and chronic pain. And the Cancer Aid Coach Program provides our customers with holistic health coaching while they're undertaking treatment that it, and it ensures that the, the customer is given evidence-based treatment to help them to achieve better health outcomes by either preventing, hopefully, or minimising those side effects uh, so that they either live well with cancer or thrive once they've completed the treatment and they're in remission. So you've touched on this a little bit, but obviously going through treatment must be very challenging and isolating. So what other support do you provide your customers with cancer? AIA uh, provide our customers with a comprehensive end-to-end -end cancer support program. Um, it starts with the cancer aid offering. So within five days of receiving an income protection claim, like just at that notification stage, so before we've assessed the claim, we text our customers with cancer and we provide them with information about ca the Cancer Aid Coach program. And we provide them with a link so that they can self-enroll into the program. Our case managers also have a conversation with customers about the program. And at the moment, we're seeing 49% of customers who take up the Cancer Aid Coach program are actually enrolling through the tech service. So this is helping us to reach customers as early as possible. Um, we recognise that uh, we, we usually approve cancer claims, so there's not, no risk in offering it to perhaps the occasional person whose claim isn't accepted. So that's been a really important part of our process to start that recovery journey. Um, the Clinical Oncology Society of Australia released a position statement three years ago now, um, which basically stated that all Australians should have access to exercise physiology whilst they undertake treatment for cancer. Um, exercising during treatment can in fact reduce the side effects of treatment. So you, you can have less nausea, less vomiting, less fatigue, and of course it improves your mental health. Mm. It can actually improve the effectiveness of the treatment as well. So it can literally help you to survive the disease. But sadly, most Australians are still not accessing these programs. You can access it through some of the great cancer hospitals, but there's still a lot of patients who aren't getting access to exercise physiology. The Cancer Aid Coach program has been really fundamental in educating our customers about the program that we have to offer. So we provide exercise physiology during treatment and we fund that but we know that it's hard enough to exercise when you're well, let alone when you're going through rigorous treatment and you, you know, have awful side effects such as nausea and vomiting. Um, so the Cancer Aid Coach Program, it actually creates behavioural change, which means that customers are more willing to engage in exercise. And we've seen 35% of our customers progress from the Cancer Aid Coach Program into our program, such as our Care Movement Program, which is our exercise physiology during treatment program. We also have a restorative program. So some customers aren't going to just finish exercise physi physiology and progress back to work, although the majority of them actually do. But there are some customers that will still really struggle. And of course, we have late lodged claims. So if you have a claim lodged and cancer treatment's completely finished, 
then they still are going to need help because they may fall into that category of the 40% of people that are never going to return to work. So for these people who are left feeling really overwhelmed and unable to return to life and work, we need to ensure that we can nurture them and support them back to wellbeing. And it's a travesty to survive your cancer and not thrive. So we've created a program which is a holistic cancer recovery program called Restore Care. The program uses the principles of AIA's Restore program, which is a mental health restorative wellness program. But it's been designed specifically to meet the, the needs of a customer with cancer. It addresses the return to work barriers that I discussed before. So um, fear of recurrence, anxiety, cancer related fatigue and so on. And we use exercise, mindfulness, education, coaching, sleep hygiene, um, those sorts of things. And we, we use um, really highly experienced occupational, occupational rehabilitation consultants who have specific experience in working with cancer. So we help that customer to recover, I guess, largely psychologically. Um, so we've got these three programs. And then in addition to that, we provide return to work support, recognising that after a cancer diagnosis, you may not want to return into the work that you've previously been doing. It can be a bit of a life-changing experience. So we find the role that's um, aligned to what the customer feels is suitable and fulfilling for them from an employment perspective. So you've provided a few examples there, but I'm interested in terms of how CancerAid has helped AIA's customers. Cancer Aid has been a wonderful proposition for our customers. Um, it, I actually think it is the, the piece that was always difficult to engage with with the customers because it gives that early intervention support. So it's the first experience that our customers will have of their experience of AIA. We reach out to them so early with that text um, and this is done before we've even assessed the claim. So in our industry, we know that there is a trust problem and this program actually helps to restore that trust with the customer because they have such a positive experience, which for us is really vital because if they trust us, they're more likely to partner with us uh, as we support them in their recovery. So once the customer connects with Cancer Aid, they immediately trust us more. The coaches are incredibly empathic and empowering and the program has been developed by an oncologist. Johnny will talk about that more in detail in a moment. But what it means is that that customer is trusting Cancer Aid and therefore us. Cancer Aid have a 98% CSAT score with our customers and um, they find the program incredibly uh, uh, they find the program incredibly helpful given that they're so vulnerable it comes just at the right time when they need it. Um, so by offering the program we're really fulfilling our purpose which is to make a difference in people's lives. The program helps to improve our return to work rates and has provided an uplift in the number of customers who go on to participate in a comprehensive cancer recovery program. And we offer the program to everyone. So we're offering it to people who are terminal and who aren't terminal. Mm. Um, but there's a really, really strong return on investment. So for me, it's an incredible shared value opportunity. We're solving that societal problem of helping Australians with cancer to have better health outcomes and returning to work earlier after cancer. But it's also helping us with our claims experience and that makes AIA more profitable, makes our income protection more, more sustainable. So yeah, Cancer Aid's been a fabulous proposition for us. 
Well, that's a fantastic segue to you, Johnny. Obviously, uh, as a strategy lead at CancerAid, you've got a great deal of knowledge about the, the organisation. So could you provide me a bit of background on CancerAid, how it came to be? So, so CancerAid is an Australian-based digital health company. It was founded in 2015 by oncologists, including Dr. Raghav Morali Ganesh. Now, CancerAid's mission is to empower people and organisations affected by cancer to thrive. And we do this through the combination of expertise, empathy and technology. As a, as a clinician founded and, and led company, we really focus on giving evidence-based behavioural behavioral change principles and accountability um, support to people. And we only focus on cancer. Our coach program, um, which we provide to insurance partners like AIA consists of a 12 week program and we have five core modules that cover key aspects of, of cancer survivorship. This includes symptom reporting, diet, exercise, uh, sleep, nutrition, and mindfulness. We deliver this through three calls. Um, and that's, um, as, as Simony mentioned, with a human empathic health coach and over 100 digital touch points via our, our Cancer Aid app, online modules, SMS messaging, and email. Um, we've been fortunate to win several awards for the, for the Cancer Aid Coach Program um, in partnership with AIA, and these include the, the 2019 ANZ InsureTech Program of the Year and the 2020 Shared Value Awards. I'm interested. Uh, I know that you have recently uh, undertaken some research. Cancer Aid has uh, done some research. Uh, can you share what you were hoping to achieve by undertaking the research and what it involves? Yeah, so this research started around a year ago now and, and was really prompted by... Um, ongoing conversations that we as a team had had with Simony, as good commercial partners do, Simony provided some, some insights about a subgroup of participants that, that, that she felt could be better supported. And, and as she's highlighted today, 40% of people diagnosed with cancer do not successfully get back to work. And, and many of them will have quite obvious reasons like their, their cancer progressing or they're, they're really affected by their treatment. But there's this subgroup that face a number of hidden challenges and obstacles that, that prevent them ever getting back to work or wellness. Um, now, Simony terms this failure to thrive, and I'm stealing her thunder here, but uh, basically it's where this subgroup of patients may look really good on paper, but by all accounts, they're struggling to get back to anywhere near their, their you know, their, a level that they, they want of their health, wellness or work. Um, and it really resonated with us as a company. And so we set out to do two things, both identify these people better and then find ways to support them as a technology first company. So how did you go about conducting the research? Because it sounds fairly sensitive. Yeah, it, it is. And, and so this initial research um, we performed was on our internal database. Um, and it was an entirely de-identified data set. So nothing that would or could breach the privacy of, of those members. Um, it, it included information um, on age, region and disease state, including types of cancer and the treatments that are received to date. We then looked at the engagement and experience across each of those touch points that I mentioned before. So the three calls and the hundred or more digital points, including the app usage. Um, and we also have quite a unique data set of, of psychological factors, lifestyle and social demographics that may give an indication of someone's needs, their support requirements and why they may be choosing a particular rate treatment regime over another or, or not in some instances. Um, again, this was in a de-identified manner and we firstly manually categorized um, those factors for the first hundred or so participants, um, quite labor intensive as you can probably imagine. Mm. Uh, and we then trained and tested an AI algorithm with um, sentiment analysis on the remaining data set to, to generate several hundred data points per de-identified record. So 
what were the outcomes of the research that you undertook and uh, what's the sort of potential for them? So, so the top line outcomes of this research um, of the 350 or so participants uh, were that 27% were returning to their pre-diagnosis work with at least one year since claim lodgement. So the flip side being that a sizable majority there, 73% aren't getting back to work. At, at one year or, or more, that's pretty consistent with the literature. Um, so the um, sentiment analysis we were able to perform uh, had about a 98% accuracy. So clearly some value for us to use internally. And that the types of findings that had on the needs and support requirements included 76% of, of the participants adversely affected by anxiety and fears of recurrence. And, and that's substantially higher in those not returning to work. And also 10% 10 interestingly enough, 10% higher since March, 2020, which coincides with the onset of the pandemic. Additionally, nearly half or so, so 44% have been highly impacted on a day-to-day -day basis by side effects of their treatment. And we, fi we find this is especially so with certain cancer therapies like immunotherapy and combination therapy. Finally, we find similar rates for fatigue affecting people along with sleep disturbance. So what's really exciting for, for us as a company is that we're beginning to develop, to develop a clearer picture of, of where the needs lie um, for these people affected by cancer and referred to us by AIA and especially um, those that aren't successfully getting back to work as a, as a proxy measure for their general health and well-being. Does the length of time between diagnosis of cancer and getting access to cancer aid make a difference to the outcome? Yeah, one of the key feedback. So we, we gather feedback from all of our participants going through the program. And, and one of the key consistent bits of feedback that we get is they wish they had access to, to cancer aid early. And so we've worked... Um, with Simony to ensure that we can be there as soon as possible for those AIA members. Um, in terms of actually analysing and breaking that down, that hasn't yet performed, but it's, um, it, it's something that's in the works for us. Terrific. So from the findings that you do have, what will that mean for the Cancer Aid Coach program going forward? So we've been able to take the findings of this research and, and translate it into the delivery of our program that's far more responsive to the needs of an individual diagnosed with cancer. Now, as an example, a year ago and before we, we had these findings at hand, the typical experience of a participant was a relatively structured program of five modules. You'd go from call one to receiving module one, then report your symptoms. Call two, module two, record your exercise level. Um, today, instead, our coaches and technology can flag people's needs, we can then deliver early and timely support around those needs and ultimately better improve their abilities to self-support. And that experience today is, um, here's a particular participant's needs or requirements like fatigue that's been flagged. Our coach or, or technology can then provide the right message at the right time to hopefully make it easier for them to access support. Say for example, an exercise physiologist with AIA or to, or, or to help that, um, that member or participant make a behavioural change like goal setting around their exercise. And so far we've seen um, our, our net promoter score on the program go from plus 73 a year ago to plus 81 today. So a more than 10% 10, 10 increase there. Um, and, and together with AIA, we're keeping a watchful um, uh, look on their return to work outcomes. And we ha actually have a joint publication that will likely be submitted in the next quarter as a world's first um, for a cancer coaching program. Um, but ultimately, our goal is to move the product from, from reactive, albeit a responsive one today, um, to a proactive state where we can focus on problems um, before they've even had a chance to appear. And so it's, uh, watch this space again. 
that's all for this week's episode of Super Talk. Thanks to Simony from AIA and Johnny from Cancer Aid. For more episodes of Super Talk and for more information on the work of the Australian Institute of Superannuation Trustees, visit our website at aist.asn.au and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast.